Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. another cosmic salon and I have a very special guest I had been wanting to talk to for some time since I first encountered his information out there in the internets the interwebs the world around us and so Meredith and I finally got him on and today's the day his name is Jerry Marzinki and this is his bio so pay close attention Jerry Mazinki is a retired licensed psychotherapist with over 35 years of experience working with and studying the thought processes of psychotic and criminally insane patients in some of the most volatile psychiatric institutions in the nation. He began his career at Central State Hospital, at the time the largest psychiatric hospital on the planet. In 2023, he became a certified MACE practitioner. It was there that he first noticed blatant contradictions between what had been taught about schizophrenia by the ivory tower and what he was witnessing and learning from his schizophrenic patients. After leaving the state hospital, Jerry went on to work in various frontline mental health settings, including state prisons, county and private psychiatric hospitals, mental health centers, and hospital emergency rooms. Over the course of his career, he questioned scores of 
schizophrenic patients extracting information about their voices, which psychiatry deemed hallucinations unworthy of investigation. Years of probing resulted in the discovery that not only did these voices run consistently repeatable and predictable negative patterns, very different from all other hallucinations, but it was possible to hold coherent conversations with them apart from the patient. After years of probing, Jerry determined that not only were the voices not meaningless hallucinations as psychiatry insisted, but they were the very force that drove paranoid schizophrenia. This resulted in a series of trial and error experiments in search of methods to disrupt them. As increasingly favorable methods were found, a conclusion became clear. If the voices could be silenced by any means for a prolonged time, all symptoms of paranoid schizophrenia vanished and the patient returned to normal. This began a search for the most effective method of disrupting the voices that didn't rely on psychiatry's expensive and toxic pharmaceuticals which cured nothing and merely temporarily suppressed psychotic symptoms. Over time, solutions were found which resulted in the complete cure for many cases, a phenomenon the establishment insisted didn't exist. Jerry retired as a psychiatric evaluator in 2015 after working psych crisis in hospital emergency rooms for the past 10 years in his career. It was only after retiring that he felt free to speak about these findings and challenge the dismal failure of our expensive pharmaceutical-fueled merry-go-round of a mental health system. So with that, I'm going to bring Jerry on because there's much more here that attracted me to what Jerry was doing and the conclusions that Jerry has come to regarding these voices and the demonic flavor, the demonic signature of what was actually is actually interacting with these people. Everything will be in the show notes, but just so you know, you can go to jerrymazinki.com. It's very simple, and it will be in the show notes and have access to all his channels and everything he's doing. So with that, let's not waste any more time and bring on Jerry. Jerry, it's a great pleasure to have you here at the Cosmic Salon. It's good to be there with you. And as I was telling you in our pre-chat, our small pre-chat, there's been some interesting uh, things going on prior to this interaction. And, of course, you know this to be a consistency (laughs) with the work you're now doing. I've been rather intrigued by it because I speak to a lot of people around these subjects and electronic harassment and... uh, targeted individuals and stuff. So this was something that happened prior to this was singular in my career. So I will possibly talk about that later. It's kind of private, but I just wanted to say, yes, there is something going on. And so to add to your bio, can you bring us into where it was, when it was that you first discovered 
that these voices were actually not mental chatter, not fractured psyches, but coming from a consciousness outside of these people that you could actually interact with and they seem to have a dark flavor. Well, that, that was a long time coming. Um, I, I did not want to believe in demons. I didn't believe in demons. Uh, I didn't believe that these were entities. Uh, when I got out of graduate school, I was brainwashed like all the rest of them. You know, the voices are hallucinations. Uh, they, the only way to treat them is with drugs. Um, but it wasn't long before, uh, uh, within, the, within the first year at the state hospital, now, there were over 10,000 patients at this giant state hospital when I got there. It was like a, a sea of insanity. So there was virtually every kind of uh, mental illness there known to man somewhere. And uh, it seemed the, the most promising as far as rehabilitation might have been the schizophrenics because a lot of the time they were, they were intelligent, but they, they just couldn't function. And the only thing that they knew back then in the 70s that would do anything to the voices were there any psychotic drugs, but they wouldn't stay on them. So, uh, you know, there were there were tons of nasty side effects. Uh, These drugs were very toxic. There were a ton of toxic symptoms that these people, they did not want to take these drugs. They kept going off and then going psychotic. And I'm like, well. Why are they doing that? Why are, are they wanting to go back to being crazy? I started asking them. Everyone on my caseload that went off the meds and went back to being insane, after they recovered and they put them back on their medications, I'd bring them in and ask them, why did you go off your meds? You know, you, you know what happens when you do that. You know, do you want to be insane? Is that what you want? And they would say no. And I'd say, then, why did you go off your meds again? Well, their their answer was, I don't know. Over and over and over again. And that went on for three years, asking the same question, you know, expecting some kind of sane answer. But the answer was, well, I don't know. Not only was that going on, there you know, virtually all of them at some point went off their meds and went back to being psychotic again. So that didn't make any sense. And there were a number of other things that didn't make any sense. Is One, that I noticed that the voices were running patterns. And one of the first patterns I saw was that the voices were consistently, irreversibly negative. They never said anything positive. It was always negative stuff. You're no good. You're stupid. You're ugly. Nobody likes you. Uh, you're you're going crazy. Uh, people are plotting behind your back. It, it was all nasty, nasty, mean, negative stuff. And it's like, if they're hallucinations, why was it just negative? Why weren't they random like all other hallucinations? Why weren't they all over the place? Why weren't some positive? Why weren't some negative? Uh, why weren't some neutral? No, that, that didn't happen. You know, that's the MO for all other hallucinations I've ever experienced. And these consistently ran a negative pattern. The question became is what held them 
on a negative trajectory all the time. Why weren't they negative? Why weren't they all over the place? Why were they consistently negative? Right? But they were, and they still are. They, from, from one side of the United States to the other, and now I'm working with people all over the, the Western world, the voices are consistently, irretrievably negative. There's nothing positive about it. And if there is a little bit of positivity, it's only to grab the, the victim's uh, attention and trust. And then they turn around and they hit them in the back. That was the first pattern that I noticed with the voices. Second pattern was that they were consistently anti-religious. They didn't want the, the patient going to church. They didn't want them praying. They didn't want them reading the Bible. They didn't want them going to religious ceremonies. They wanted nothing to do with God and religion. And why would a, a hallucination do that? Well, those of you who are working with schizophrenics, it's right in front of your eyes. Ask them. You know, one thing I saw was that psychiatry and psychology, for the most part, didn't talk to these people. They just went, oh, they're hallucination." hallucinating their brains are broken there's nothing that can be done for them except fill them full of drugs now this is what the pharmaceutical industry wants you to believe yeah they want them to sell drugs those drugs don't cure anything they don't cure these people they never have and they never will what they do is they drug the brain the voices are energetic entities they are not physical so what Big Pharma and the psychiatric mafia are doing is akin to if you had a, a very powerful magnet, you couldn't see that magnetic field. You can't you, you can't touch it. You can't taste it. You can't smell it. You can't see it. For all practical purposes, it doesn't exist unless you get maybe a, a, a jar of iron filings and put it on the magnetic field, and then you'll see the magnetic field. The same thing happens with the voices. They are energetic. Thoughts are energetic. Memory is energetic. Feelings are energetic. Memory is energetic. They're not physical. The voices are not physical. You can't get rid of the voices by drugging the brain. The brain is like the radio receiver. It picks up thoughts. It's never asked in psychology or psychiatry where thoughts come from. They don't even deal with the issue because they can't. You can't measure that kind of stuff. There were a number of things that just didn't wash out when I was working at the state hospital. One of which was not only the, the, the voices running consistent patterns of negativity and going nuts when it comes to the person reading the Bible. I've had several patients tell me that the voices acted like worms thrown on a hot frying pan when the 23rd Psalm was read to them. Why would a hallucination do that? Those of you working with schizophrenics, try it. Have the, have the patient repeat the 23rd Psalm and ask them what the voice's reaction was to that. Okay. Why would a hallucination care about the 23rd Psalm or religion or the person reading the Bible? Why would they care? You know, it, it wouldn't. These things, if they're running patterns, they can't be a hallucination. Hallucinations don't run patterns. They're random. They're all over the place. Psychiatry and, to, and the big pharma want you to believe that they're hallucinations and that the only cure is their toxic drugs. 
you know, behind that, if if we look at it, it's psychiatry and and big pharma that are running Western mental health system right now. Okay, let's look at their track record. These are the people who are over the Western mental health system. And what it is, is it just a drug-fueled merry-go-round where these people are giving you know, massive amounts of these toxic drugs. Okay? And they're not being cured of anything. These drugs only tamp down symptoms. So let's look at how these people are doing. Okay, The high priests of the Western mental health center, the system, the, the psychiatrist. Over 3 million people in the U.S., or 1% of the population of the U.S. is considered schizophrenic. Okay. What they did, the NIMH, they wanted to make it look like they were treating or searching for an answer for schizophrenia. What they did is manipulated the statistics of the incidence of schizophrenia down to a, a mere dribble, you know, so to make it look like they were paying for more research than they actually were. These people do not want a cure for schizophrenia. You know, they're making $14.54 billion in 2021, which is expected to reach $15.5 billion by 2022. Worldwide sales of antipsychotic drugs. They cure absolutely nothing. All they do is tamp down symptoms. They, they sedate the schizophrenic. Now, by doing that, well, like I was saying, the voices are energetic. They're not physical. You know, the mind is physical or the, the, the brain is physical. So what they're doing is drugging the brain. They're sedating the brain. They're sedating the body. So they, they, these patients are less upset. But as soon as they stop taking these drugs, the schizophrenic voices come right back. These voices, they run patterns, okay? They run 23, 23 patterns that we've found, okay? If they run patterns, they can't be uh, hallucinations. Let's take a look at how bad this system is. You know, neither, neither big form or psychiatry know what causes schizophrenia. They, they made up causes because they needed something. They were afraid of looking like fools. So they made up the causes. First, they blamed it on mothers, saying, oh, mothers did something. They treated their children this way or that way, and, and that caused schizophrenia. This is back in the 50s, I think it was. People could see, well, the mothers didn't do anything. I mean, what, what's going on with that? I mean, you could see this. They could, they could see it. So you know, what they had to do was kick this up into an area where it couldn't be verified by the common man, by psychiatrists, by psychologists, by the vast majority of the human race. So they started preaching, well, it's a genetic disorder. And they got away with that for years, I mean, decades probably, until you know a small group of, of geneticists decided to undertake the problem, said, hey, we don't see any schizophrenic gene. So then they started preaching, oh, well, it's a, it's a series of different genes that are going wrong. So they're making it as complicated and as obtuse as they possibly can. So the average person, the vast majority of, of the population can't disprove what they're saying. You've got to be a geneticist to disprove it. So the geneticists did disprove it. 
they said, we can't find a schizophrenic gene. We can't find contributing genes that are a marker for schizophrenia. So they had to come up with something else. So what they came up with was the um, biochemical imbalance theory. Okay. So <laughs> that, that was a, a myth also. It was made up by one of the drug companies, Eli Lilly, back in the 70s when they came out with Prozac. They needed something to explain why their drugs worked. So they said, well, okay, the voices are uh, they're caused by a biochemical imbalance. They, they believed that from the start. They had no evidence at the time. They didn't have any evidence when they decreed this, but they came out with it. And uh, it, it was, it was a, a total lie. I noticed that when I was working in the state hospital that something was odd with that. Because even though the, we were taught in graduate school that schizophrenia and depression and anxiety were all caused by some kind of chemical imbalance, when I watched what psychiatrists were actually doing, they didn't give any kind of pretest to find out what the imbalance was or how far the imbalance was out of balance. Never. They just went into their bag of drugs. The patient was in there. They interviewed him for 20 minutes, half hour at the most. And they go, well, okay, let's try this. Without any lab tests, without any kind of uh, functional or, or objective test at all, they didn't have one. It didn't exist. But yet they're telling the population of this planet that this is a chemical imbalance and they have no evidence for it whatsoever. They got away with that for another decade, you know, making it look like they knew what they were doing and what they were talking about. It was a complete lie. Let's pause here for a minute and hold where you're going with that, with this psychiatrist quote you're going to make. First of all, you have a fantastic video on your channels regarding all this. When I first heard you, this was the very first thing I wanted to get you on with, was the psychological psyop that has gone down with big pharmaceutical companies and the field of psychology, and that they were making up all these diagnoses to push the medical compounds and all this that created the world we're living in now and where we are now, which is a highly medicated place. At least we're in the United States, so we're going to just talk here, but I think you can um, address how far and wide this is. And I can't help but notice, and I did not want to let this go too far before we got into this conversation, that 23rd Psalm and then 23 patterns to the voices and the DNA strand of 23. So I see these connections and I wonder about any kind of manipulation through the power of uh, numbers and through these kinds of manipulations that move through our modern culture on a deeper level, say on more of a controlled network-wide level. And the rebranding of some of this now with DID, as we see, disassociative 
disorder that used to be thrown upon schizophrenia is something that it seems like they're trying to shake the schizophrenic stigma and move it into disassociative disorder, DID. And now people, as usual, are wearing these tags proudly. I wanted to interject that because before we get into what you discovered these voices are, and as you were introducing us to this psychological psyop around our world, which really we should now, I think more people should question when they're wearing these badges. I have ADHD. I have this and that because you've noticed it's become a a thing for the modern generation to just say this stuff proudly. They almost use it as an excuse. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Just forgive me. It's my ADHD or I'm, oh, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm uh, compulsive and all this. So the quote you were bringing in going into this malarkey with the psychological community in bed with pharmacia. So you were, and I bring us back to bringing a quote from some psychiatrist about this exact subject. Yeah, well, the the medical system was taken over in like 1910 by uh, the Carnegie Foundation with something called the um, Flexner Report. What they actually did was they bought off the U.S. Congress and made it illegal for any medical school to graduate medical doctors that didn't didn't go through a pharmacological curriculum. Okay, so basically, if the medical schools weren't teaching pharmacology, then they weren't they couldn't graduate doctors. Okay. And they they made a law. They they got they paid off Congress and made a law that this was this was the effect. You know? And everything went out at that point. You know the electrochemical uh, stuff um, that Tesla was doing, uh, naturopathy, yes, um, acupuncture, all other forms of of treatment for mental disorders were relegated to. The trash. They they called them um, quacks. <laughs> Anybody who practiced anything other than uh, pharmacological medicine was a quack. And that's yeah. that term's still out there. Yep. So they made it. They made it a law. You know, and and that was passed by the pharmaceutical industries. And you know, they they bought off the Congress, and they're running. There's like three lobbyists, uh, pharmaceutical lobbyists, for every member of Congress. It's you know, criminal. They're still doing this, so which allowed them to get away with what they just got away with, you know, this, the the uh, the freaking COVID stuff. And then you see Pfizer still advertising yes. on TV for COVID vaccines after what seven hundred million people or or uh, I heard between seven hundred million and a billion people have died from the vaccines. And it's just getting COVID. started, Jerry. It's a travesty. While we're here, let's look at the idea of the talking therapy that certainly Jung and I, you know, he's the only one I actually admire, uh, really pushed forward. Of course, he was pushing it forward with Freud and there are other people in the mix here. Do you recognize the work Carl Gustav Jung did as far as trying to mitigate away from what became 
psychiatry, psychoanalysis and all that now because that's not the way of the traditional path that, that he was trudging forward. Jung at least recognized that there was some spiritual something to uh, to what was going on. Yeah. You know, Freud didn't. He didn't want to go anywhere near that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it scared him. Freud was not a mystic. Jung was. No, he wasn't. And um, psychology and psychiatry and social work are also spiritually devoid. You know, I spent uh, four years undergraduate psychology, two hour, two uh, two years in, in counseling, and I got a graduate degree in that, and then two years in a PhD program. They were the most spiritually devoid programs that I've ever I've ever been in my life. You know, I had to I had to read something outside of their curriculum just to keep myself sane. Yeah. So the answer isn't in their psychotherapies. I mean, I haven't seen one of them that actually worked very well. The only one I've seen that that worked at all was something called the Mace Energy Method. Yes. Okay. And uh, it is an energetic psychotherapy. Um, It takes the spirit into account. It takes the mind into account. And, you know, psychiatry and psychology don't deal with the mind. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With this, though, and the only reason I brought in Jung is because he was on a spiritual path. And he was desperately trying to remain critical in the scientific field. And we probably wouldn't know who he was if he didn't trudge forward trying to remain, uh, you know, trying not to be a complete outsider. And so this is what's so tricky with his writing. I've read his entire library. The thing I do when I read is I look at their indices and I start reading those books and I try to get to what is this person saying so you can read between the lines and that became very apparent to me that he was saying this field is moving away from a spiritual component and we need to watch out for that and then and then here we are all these years later with the work you've done and I view you very highly now that I've discovered you. You're you're doing incredible work and at great peril, I'm sure. But this spiritual component that's happening and you're up against the big wall that Jung was trying to warn against and that was part of his separation from Freud, whom I have no respect for. It's amazing where we are now and we could see in the last four years this mass event, this mass trauma event and experiment, how deeply these institutions have been embedded into 
the trauma that's going on in the collective and how easily it seems the psyop of the psychological and pharmaceutical marriage has worked on the public. Everyone wants to believe. Everyone listens to these monsters. And I do believe, Jerry, these are all possessed people from the top down controlling this system. These demons that these so-called schizophrenic people are being contacted by, these demons are controlling the system. And right now where we are, they seem to be in a majority. This is just my personal opinion and observation, looking out into the world, talking to a lot of people. And this can tie into targeted individuals and all that, that we start getting into the electric warfare aspect of it. But do you see this in a similar way, do you see that the system is now, it seemingly is controlled by these entities? Yeah, and I, I got the evidence here too. So what I have in front of me is the patterns that the schizophrenic voices run. Now, I'm, I'm going to quickly go through a number of them, not all of them, and watch how they completely match the garbage that is coming out of the mainstream media and the deep state right now. I mean, there's a one-to-one correlation between what the mainstream media and the deep state and the Democratic Party are brainwashing the people of this country with and the world, really. Yes. And what the patterns of these voices are. Okay. So I got like 23 patterns here that these voices run. And anybody who works with schizophrenics, has schizophrenics in their family, can see these for themselves. They're not hidden in genetics or biological imbalance crap that you you can't check out for yourself. You can see these for yourself. And if, if the voices are running patterns, they're not hallucinations. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Okay? And the, the, <clears throat> one of the first patterns I discovered was negativity. These voices are consistently irrevocably negative that they say virtually nothing positive what holds them on such a negative trajectory something does some force holds them on that trajectory and keeps them from going random you know being neutral or or being positive no they're consistently negative and what i'm saying with with regard to this i mean i've worked with patients from georgia to arizona and now I'm working with people all over the world. These patterns are the same. They run the same patterns in Georgia as they do in Arizona, as they do all these countries I'm working with in the world. These patterns are the same. They don't change. Okay. The second pattern, as we talked about, they're anti-religious. They can't stand church. They can't stand the 23rd Psalm. You don't believe me? Take your schizophrenic son to church and watch what happens. They foster and create negative emotion. They're constantly saying stuff that causes a generation of negative emotional energy. That's what they feed off of. They are, they are parasites. And you ask any schizophrenic how much energy he has before the voices attack him and how much energy they have after the voices attack, and they will tell you after the voices come, their energy levels drained. They're down to nothing. These things are invisible parasitic entities we are not the top of the food chain they are feeding off of us and they don't just get the schizophrenics they get all of us i mean all of us has been 
Yes. You know, walking down the sidewalk and then all of a sudden this horrible thought comes into your mind to whack the guy in front of you or jump off a bridge or try, turn your car into traffic. Yeah. Where did that thought come from? It didn't come from you. You know it doesn't belong to you. Everybody's experienced that. That's them. You know, where do thoughts come from? We're all taught from the time we are children that any thought that appears in our head belongs to us. That's far from correct. Our thoughts don't come from us. They come from outside us. They come from negative places. They come from positive places. Like Swedenborg said, they come from heaven or they come from hell. You know, you know, consider this, that voice that you have running in your head all the time that's always criticizing you and everybody else. You know, it's constantly running. You're constantly hearing this internal dialogue running in your head. Okay? It's talking to you. If that's you, then who's listening? <laughs> oh, man. It's you that's listening. Yes. That voice is not you. That voice wasn't there when you were born. It has appeared since then. Okay. Now, so they create and foster negative emotion. They feed off of negative emotional energy. They can't stand positivity. That's why they can't stand going to church. They can't stand the person reading the Bible. They energetically drain their victims. They get louder after sunset. Consistent pattern. They get loudest between three and four in the morning. Oh, wow. Consistent pattern. Yeah. They get louder if ignored. You know, so I've seen psychiatrists over and over again just tell the patient, well, they're just hallucinations. Just ignore them. You know, and I remember the first time I called the patient back uh, a week after a psychiatrist told him that, brought him in my office. I said, hey, I was with you when the psychiatrist told you to just ignore your voices and that they were hallucinations and just ignore them. How'd that go for you? He said, it didn't go well at all. He said, they got louder. And that's a consistent pattern also. If the victim tries to ignore them, they get louder. They will not be ignored. You know, so you know, look at these so far. You, you relate them back to the deep state and the, the garbage that's coming over the mainstream media right now. The negative messages, the fear that, you know, people are dying, uh, the war, the anger, the uh, people fighting against one another, the stabbings, the murder. It's all negative, negative messages coming from uh, the television set. You know, they, they want everybody to be afraid. They want everybody to be worried. These things feed off of that. They're anti-religious. You know, look at, you, know, you don't see them pushing religion. You know, they're mad at the uh, House Speaker right now because they're calling him a, a, a religious fanatic. They don't want religion involved in anything. So they energetically drain their victims just like, you know, look at, look at uh, uh, what happens when, when you get upset with the television. Your energy level goes down. They foster isolation, just like they wanted to do during COVID. Break the family up, keep you from traveling, keep you from going to meetings. You know, and they're still doing that. They want to pit everybody against one another. The voices do the same thing with schizophrenics. They like nothing better than to have a schizophrenic locked in his bedroom, listening to their, their garbage all day long as they slowly take control over that, that patient. That's the worst thing you could do. The voices see the parents. If you have a schizophrenic child, they see the parent as the enemy. They want the kid to drive the parents away so they could just have the kid to themselves. Yeah. 
they demand the attention of the victims. They maneuver for increased control over the victim, just like, you know, the deep state is maneuvering for for complete control over us right now. They gaslight, just like the deep state is gaslighting us over public media right now. They manipulate perception for the, the in the worst possible way for the worst outcome for the victim. I mean, that's what the, the mainstream media is doing also. They have complete access to the schizophrenic's memory. Okay, so the voices can pull up every rotten thing that the person has ever done and rub it in his face until they generate that negative emotional energy. They don't want the victim to tell others about their presence. Um, they're, they're consummate liars. They lie about everything. You can't believe anything these voices tell the victim. You know, just like uh, you can't believe hardly anything that the, the mainstream media is putting out to the public right now. The voices consistently steer their victim away from anything that might generate joy. Same thing with the mainstream media. You seeing anything joyous on the mainstream media? Hardly ever at all. They short-circuit reason. You know, the voices short-circuit the schizophrenic's reason. That the same thing happens with the mainstream media. Now, this is really tricky. The voices try to pass themselves off as the thoughts belonging to the victim. And that's what the mainstream media is doing also. Okay? This is where the, the when schizophrenics start hearing voices, they're, they're faced with a dilemma. What are they? Where do they come from? And so they have three choices. They can believe the psychiatric mafia, that they're hallucinations, that their brain is broken, that nothing could be done about them except take their medications, that is the worst possible choice. These people are not going to get better. They're going to be drugged consistently forever. And don't think that those, those drugs are harmless. Those antipsychotic drugs rot out the, the patient's brain with long-term use. They destroy the peripheral nervous system. You know, when that was discovered with autopsies from people in state hospitals, they found that their brains were shrunk like walnuts. Of course, when the researchers published that, the deep state and, and the big pharma went nuts. Mm-hmm. No, Oh, no, it's, it's not our drugs doing that. It's the schizophrenia. <laughs> it's shrinking their brains. It's, it's schizophrenia's fault. Yeah, well, there's some researchers that didn't buy their, uh, their garbage, and they started doing research on monkeys and rats and mice and found that the same thing happened with them. So these are some antipsychotic drugs are some of the most dangerous drugs that are in use in medical science today. They cause irreparable psychiatric mental damage with long-term use. And I haven't ever seen a single psychiatrist explain that to the victims or their patients. You know, but they know it. They know it. They've seen it. Most of them have seen it. You know. So there's selective forgetting. They, the, the voices cause the patient to selectively forget. They fill the victim's mind with negative thoughts about themselves or others. Just like with you know these TV commercials, you see these TV commercials for anti-deodorants. It's like you stink. You need these anti-deodorants to uh, protect you from other people. Uh, you need this mouthwash because uh, your breath smells. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a destruction of positive self-concept. They pull their victim away from consensual reality. 
that's kind of what happened during the COVID thing. They pulled us from the reality we were in into this warped, paranoid-filled, you know, toxic reality that they created. Yeah. Right. And they're still trying to do that. The voices do the same thing. Okay. Um, they use confusion as a means of instilling negative suggestions. They're doing that. They're aversion. They're averse to anything positive or beautiful. Have you ever heard the deep state say anything positive or beautiful? <laughs> you know, anything enlightening? No, it's all negative garbage. Those are the main ones that uh, kind of apply to both the deep state and psychotics. There's a one-to-one -one correlation. They match. Yeah. Jerry, in your personal experience, when the patients were given these drugs did the voices go away very seldom Let's see <laughs> very very seldom they would get weaker and the voices didn't like it because you what they want is they want the most emotional negative emotional energy that they can get out of a person they want him as, as upset as possible because that's what they feed off of that negative emotional energy you talk to any schizophrenic and you, you ask them, how much energy do you have before the voices come? How much energy do you have after the voices come? And they will tell you, after the voices hit them and leave, their energy level is drained. Now, I did a study on that at the state hospital and uh, brought them in and, you know, asked them. I said, how much energy do you have before the voices come? How much do you have after? And it was statistically significant, the difference. You know, I used to think that it was uh, uh, the amount of anxiety that the voices instilled in these patients that caused that. But I had some uh, things happen in the prison that showed me that that wasn't the case. You know, it wasn't the anxiety that, that was, with, was uh, taking away the, the energy. It was the voices themselves. Now, the, the schizophrenics themselves don't realize that. You know, they just they just accept that it's okay. That's part of the deal. You know, I'm drained. I mean, I just don't feel good. But you ask them, how much energy do you have before the voices come? How much do you have left after they come? And they they will tell you, I have much less energy after the voices attack. Then you ask them, well, you didn't use it. You were laying in bed tossing and turning all night. Where did it go? Well, I don't know. Well, where did it go? You didn't use it. What happened to it? Uh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you tell them, if you stuck your hand in a fire a thousand times and every time you got burned, what's burning you? Mm. The fire. They knew that. Mm -hmm. They had that. But I said, well, if if the voices come a thousand times and every time they come, your energy levels drain to nothing, what's taking your energy? Some of them would go, the voices? Mm. You know, the rest would still go, well, I, I don't know. What, 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 so they're being blocked from that information. That's something they need to know, that the voices are parasites. And the voices get very angry when you tell the patient that they're parasites. They don't want them to have that information. I found that out in the emergency room. Now, in the emergency room, they didn't want you working with patients. They wanted you getting patients out of the emergency room. So they, they wanted the beds cleared. So they wanted them either, you know, released, sent the parents, admitted, 
or or sent to a mental health center. They just wanted them out of there because the doctors didn't know what to do with them. Okay. So the best I could do for them under the limited circumstances I, I was working under, because if I, I if I told these patients that the voices are, are not who they are, that they are separate entities, and they went and told a psychiatrist, I'd be in big trouble. You know, psychiatrists want to run everything. They don't want any opposition to anything. You can't talk back to them. They're, they're very arrogant. They don't want to hear anything than than what they've been brainwashed with. Yeah, they all believe that schizophrenia is a chemical brain imbalance. Well, not all of them. There's there's a handful of of ones that know better. Okay, but they they don't want to be challenged with anything. Okay? So the best I could do was was tell these patients in the emergency room that the voices aren't who you are. They're energetic entities, and you you feel when they come, your energy level drops down to nothing. Okay? That's the best I could do for them because that's important for them to know that these things are are parasites. So if you had a big parasite on you, a giant leech, you wouldn't just sit there and look at it. You'd want to get rid of it. Well, it's the same thing with the schizophrenic patients. Once they realize that these voices are stealing their life energy, they don't like them. They want to get rid of them. And that's the first thing to do. So one of the first things that needs to be done is they need to real, realize that these voices are not them. They're not coming from them. So there's three choices. They either believe what the psychiatric mafia tells them, that they're hallucinations, that the only treatment are these toxic drugs. The second choice they make is, well, I don't know what they are. I'm, I'm not sure what they are. I asked them what they are, and they say, we are you. So I've had a number of them ask these voices, what are you? you know, who are you? And they would say, we are you. Oh they want the patient to believe that the voices are them. Yeah. That's the most deadly choice that they can make. Because if they believe what the voices are telling them, they turn into the voices. It's like if you believe every thought in your head, you know. And that becomes their identity at that point. It becomes, that becomes their identity. Yeah, an integration. So, so, yep. So these voices are putting these thoughts into their thought stream. You're ugly. You're stupid. You're you're dirty. You're rotten. Nobody likes you. Uh, you're worthless. You're you're, you know, every rotten thing that they could think of, they're putting into the patient's thought stream. If they believe that, they become that. And that's what these things want. They want them to turn into these negative, monstrous entities that are just generating negative emotional energy that they're feeding off of. Now, if the patient believes the psychotic voices and what they're telling them, they actually turn into them. Just like you become what you believe you are. Yeah. Well, these entities are feeding thoughts into the thought stream of their victims. And it's not just the, the schizophrenics they're feeding. They're feeding these negative thoughts to all of us. And if you believe it, you become it. Yeah. If you believe you're worthless, you become worthless. If you believe you can't succeed, you won't. There we have all the propaganda from the Tavistock Institute telling us you need to look this way. This is uh, the standards of beauty, the standards of attainment, uh, the standards of what 
normalcy looks like. This is all absolutely controlled by these parasites. That's exactly right. And let's look. Let's take a quick look at how they're doing. You know, the CDC reports 132 people in the U.S. kill themselves every single day. Suicide is the 11th leading cause of death in the U.S. In 2021, 48,000 Americans killed themselves, with those rates increasing every year. To put that in perspective, 50,000 soldiers died in the 10-year period of the Vietnam War. And we're talking close to 50,000 people in the U.S. are killing themselves every single year. Wow. If that happened in a war, we, would, we wouldn't stand for it. Right. There would be a massive retaliation. There is no massive retaliation. What the psychiatric mafia is doing is drugging these people to shut them up. They're not curing any of them. Those meds don't cure anything. Like I was telling you earlier, this is an energetic illness. This is a spiritual illness. It's got little to do with the physical brain. You know, between 2000 and 2018, suicide rates increased 37 okay? percent. Between 1999 and 2019, the suicide rate increased in, uh, in the U.S. increased 33%, despite a massive increase in antidepressant sales. So antidepressant drugs are now, um, let me see, what is it? That's a suicide rate. Well, it's in the billions. It's, it's, it's in the billions of dollars each year. These big pharma drug people, they don't want to cure anybody. They don't make money by curing people. They make money by drugging them, yes. by treating them forever. Okay, And you look at the side effects of these medications. These are the common side effects of SSRIs. These are antidepressant drugs. Now, the MACE energy method treats depression effectively and gets rid of the cause in one or two sessions forever. It cures it. This is what the SSRIs that the psychiatric mafia is giving people causes nausea, weight gain, trouble sleeping, dry mouth, blurred vision, dizziness, anxiety, headaches, diarrhea or constipation, sexual problems, fatigue, tremors, increased swelling, lower alcohol tolerance, uh, bleeding, lower sodium levels, vomiting, restlessness, muscle cramps, seizures. You know, now there ain't anxiety drugs. Depression and, and anxiety are, are two of the most... Uh, uh, common things that the MACE energy method cures, not just treats, cures, gets rid of it. It's gone. After you're done a MACE session, you will remember the trauma, but there will be no en energetic charge to it. You'll, you'll go, okay, this, this awful thing happened. I know it happened. And that's it. It won't be this, this emotionally laden uh, stuff. It, it cures um, anxiety and trauma. It helps with schizophrenia because schizophrenia is caused by trauma in most cases. So it will get rid of that trauma. Now, anxiety, these are the side effects of anti-anxiety drugs. Nausea, diarrhea, constipation, loss of appetite, blurry vision, dizziness, drowsiness or fatigue, dry mouth, agitated restlessness, headaches, sexual dysfunction, sleep problems, increased blood pressure, stomach aches, sweating, lightheadedness and tremors. These are the side effects of the psychiatric mafia's treatment of two common psychological problems for humanity. The MACE energy method should supplant these things. Not only does it cost a fortune, it doesn't cure anything. 
It merely treats symptoms. Let's talk about MACE for a minute to get people in the know of what it is. Well, it's called the MACE Energy Method. Okay, It's an energetic therapy. Like I was telling you, thoughts are energy. Memories, energy. Feelings are energy. Memory is energy. It's all energy. You know, trauma is a remembered instance in the past. Okay? And like I began telling you earlier, you know, an, uh, a magnetic field is energy. You can't see it. Okay? You can't see the voices. The iron filings for the magnetic field, the, the patterns that I just read you, are like the iron filings for the voices. That's their operational definition. That's how you can see them. That's how they react. It's like you can't see a magnetic field, but you can see the, mag the uh, magnetic filings. You can see the iron filings take a certain pattern. The psychiatric, the psychotic voices take the patterns that I read you. Okay, So you can find out more about the MACE Energy Method at www.maceenergymethod.com backslash about backslash. It'll tell you what it is. It'll tell you where the practitioners are. Okay. And these people have to train for a long time to, to get this down. MACE doesn't see the mind the way psychiatrists, psychologists, or social workers see the mind. MACE sees the mind only as a uh, device that takes pictures of where you focus your attention. And that's all it does. It can't, but it, what, it, what it can also do is turn uh, trauma, it can turn pictures it can turn concepts into energy into these images and once you can turn those uh those concepts into a picture then you can get rid of them okay? and it's the spirit that gets rid of them it's not the medicines it's not the mind okay so mace is an energetic treatment method it's vastly successful a whole lot, whole lot cheaper in the long run than using these uh, these, these toxic drugs. Now, the, the side effects for the antipsychotic drugs are even worse than the ones I just read to you. All these drugs have nasty side effects. There's no side effects to mace. It's very clean, and most people can be taken care of. Uh, get the major traumas out of their life in, in two to three sessions. They're gone. You'll remember them, but there's no charge, uh, emotional charge to them at all. Is it an in-person thing or can it be done remotely like this on a Skype session? Yes. Yeah, it can be done remotely. I see people remotely. I'm um, seeing people all over the world remotely. Okay. Doing May sessions with them virtually every day. Another incredible aspect of it is that the therapist doesn't have to know what the trauma is. Now, that seems almost bizarre because... All of the common psychotherapies want to know what the trauma is. Okay? The MACE therapist doesn't have to know the trauma for it to work. He doesn't have to know virtually anything about it, as long as the patient remembers what the trauma was. Okay? Wow. So you can talk to a MACE therapist, and as long as you're following the instructions they're giving you, this thing will work for them. Now, if you can't form an image in your mind, MACE doesn't work. 
So you need to do some work before you get to that if you can't form it at that point. Well, yeah, if, if you, if there's a list of traits that, that are generated at some point within the therapy session, you have to turn that list of traits into an image. If you can't do that, MACE won't work for you. But it's a very small minority who can't turn those uh, traits into an image. Okay. I've only run into three or four since I've been in the two years I've been working with this system. I have been moved by your work, and I'm so thankful that you are out here doing this because this is the good work. You are doing a remarkable job, and I want to thank you for coming on to the Cosmic Salon. So just give us those details again of how people can find you in the world. Okay, it's at, uh, my website is Jerry Marzinski, M-A-R-Z-I-N-S-K-Y dot com. We've got hundreds of videos up there. And instead of taking these toxic medications that uh, the psychiatric mafia wants you to take, if you're suffering from depression or anxiety or, or bipolar or even, even alcohol and drugs, try the MACE Energy Method. Go to www.maceenergymethod.com backslash about backslash, and it will give you a listing of MACE practitioners all over the world. They don't need to see you personally. They can see you over Zoom and run sessions over Zoom. Okay. Yes. There's, a, there's not a lot of them at this time. You know, there's a couple of handfuls of them. There's not a lot. I've been around the block. I've worked every kind of psychiatric setting that exists, and nothing works better than this. I've never seen anything work as, as good as MACE. You know, don't take these, these toxic drugs. Try MACE first. I would love to have you back on the show to dig deeper into some of this. It's been more of a pleasure than you can know to have you here. Thank you for coming to the Cosmic Salon. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. I want to thank the producers of this show. Cass, Mother Goose, Claire Cathcart, Denise Bissell, Eggtooth, Liz Radikin, Inky, Eric Peterson, Heather, Jake Vanek, Kate Kukulkan, Carrie, Laura Dunn, Leela Marie, Lynn Radius, Marcy Shapiro, Mark Betcher, Melanie Poe, Mia Bell, Myra, Neil McNaughton, Noelle Jeanette, Pamela Hodal, Rod Knight, Sarah Etta, Stephen Mercer, Susan Jenkins, Susan Miller, Wise Night Owl, Lady Babs, our moderator, and Meredith that runs the socials out there, the website, and does all the bookings. Meow Face Killer on Instagram. I want to thank all the other patrons that come through Patreon or support in other ways with your time and energy, with your vibrations of love and your open hearts and open minds. Thank you very much for being here 
and spending time, the most valuable of assets in the realm of time. The dreamer loves the dream. The dreamer feeds the dream. The dreamer awakens within the dream. Thank you for dreaming here with me in the Cosmic Salon.